Everyone wants an A. So then what happens? We try to give everyone an A. I always tell my students there's two things happening in my class, getting an A and learning. Two different things. Because you can get an A and not necessarily learn. This is Chan with The Plan, the podcast, a podcast providing career advice and easy, actual steps for frustrated professionals, helping you overcome career challenges so you stop feeling confused and defeated and start feeling focused and confident in order to excel in your career. I'm your host, Max Chan. Now let's dive into the episode. Hey, Sabine. Welcome to the show. Hello. How are you? How's that Columbus Day? It's Columbus Day, right? In the States? I guess. It's Indigenous Day, Columbus Day, Sukkot. It's like the Jewish holidays. It's all in one today. Everyone is celebrating. Nice. I post on LinkedIn regularly and it's like dead today, right? Because I guess everybody's off. Yeah. Three different groups are celebrating today. Yeah, for sure. But again, we're both uh, still working away, trying to give the most valuable content possible through our to my listeners so that when they do go back to work tomorrow, they have something to absorb in terms of knowledge. Excellent. I agree. Great. So I heard that you are the certification study specialist. You have your own book, Cracking the Code, Techniques for Certification Exam Success. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and how you started to focus your business on helping professionals pass their certification exams, whatever those exams may be. Well, thank you so much for having me, first of all. I am so excited to share some of the learnings I have acquired through my time working and owning and starting TAPA Institute. So TAPA Institute started because I was not able to pass a certification exam. It was tied to my employment and they said that I had to pass or else I would have been fired. So I was like, oh, passing a test, yeah, whatever, I could do it. And so what happened was, is that I kept taking the test and I kept failing. The fear, the psychological combination of having it tied to my job caused me to fail so many times. I mean, I went everywhere. I went to every tutoring session. I learned, I did a lot of self-study type of techniques to really understand why I'm not passing this exam. And so I realized after I cracked the code, I realized there were a couple of things that was stopping me. It was the understanding the material and my mental health, my mental state. And that's really how I decided to create this business as well as write my book, Cracking the Code. The first thing that people must understand is that everyone learns differently. And so based on that is how you should tackle the material. So after I tackled the material and I got that, ah, I cracked the code, I passed not only that certification, but 12 other certifications. So I learned how to do time management. Really, I call it the GPS to success, which is a study plan, and then other techniques that I've outlined in the book. And I also share with my customers to help them pass their certification exams. Awesome. So in terms of certifications, a lot of professionals, they might feel stuck right now in terms of their position at a company or the pay that they currently have. And one of the ways that they're considering upping their game and potentially make more money and get a better title is through certifications. So what's your thought process that you can tell to listeners in terms of whether they should study for a certification and get one compared to maybe building up your skills on your own? Well, see, that's a complicated question because it really depends on the industry. 
Because for example, I'm just gonna use the internal audit industry. To be a certified internal auditor, on average, you will increase your salary by $36,000, on average. So it really depends if in that industry, being an expert in that industry will help you propel yourself in getting, of course, more money. So understanding which industry you're in and what certifications can help you is the first step of that certification journey. Once you decide and once you do your research, I mean, use all your tools, Google, LinkedIn, whatever, or even your network, figure out what you need to do to get to the next level in addition to doing great work and then figuring out if the certification will be that VIP ticket into that salary range that you're looking for. So I was the devil's advocate for a minute. So for example, boot camps right now are very popular in the technical space. So like data scientists, UX, UI designers. So the issue that a lot of professionals have is that they get their certification, but then when they apply for jobs, they're not getting any response because it goes back to the they have the education, but they don't have the experience. So there's a fear of like, I don't want to spend all this money to get a certification, but then I don't have the experience necessary to actually get that job. So now I'm stuck in the hamster wheel. So what's your recommendation and thoughts on that? Well, see, that's the thing. That's what I was saying earlier. That kind of reinforces what I was saying earlier. You have to do a good job and know what your skill set and see whether or not a certification can enhance that. Now, to kind of, again, piggyback on what you're saying, Say you have the skill set and then you get the cert. But what you're asking me is that you get the cert and you need the experience. Well, at my institute, we have something called audit leadership. We have a leadership programs where we help people know how to interview, how to write memos, how to be that professional that you need to be so that you could get that job. It's not only just passing the certification exam. There's so many other things that are out there that you need to do. You need to have a branding method, a branding strategy on marketing yourself to these companies. If you can't get a job, get an internship. Some people don't like the unpaid internship piece, but the thing is that the unpaid internship will give you that experience and then you could propel yourself and at least that company will know who you are, what you do, and then you'll be able to move up on that corporate ladder. Yeah, so unpaid internships, there's a lot of debate of whether unpaid internships is the right approach. Some yeah. professionals think that like basically employers take advantage of free labor. I actually was able to pivot into digital marketing because I took an unpaid internship. Some are not willing to do that. So what's your thoughts on that debate? Well, see, that's the thing. You did it. It worked. Sometimes you could do that in college. You could take that as an independent study. I have had a few people do that where they take a course and it's underneath the school umbrella and then you're learning hands-on. It's an apprenticeship. At the end of the day, you could go to a company and say, or to a person say, I want to be your apprentice. I want to really understand how you do X, Y, and Z. And if you don't have that skill set, that may be an option. So again, it's a combination. It's not just one fit all type of thing. You have to look at your situation. And for you, to your example, it worked. But for some, unpaid internships, you just don't want to be making copies all day and filing. You want to actually get that experience so that you can move your career forward. 
Absolutely. So you're saying before you consider getting a cert, do your research, see what skills you need, and then try to get those skills first and then get the cert and then it'll complement it. And then at that point, you have the education and the experience at that point. It's a two-part thing. You have to really understand in your industry is a cert all that it can be because there are a lot of certs out there and they're not as valuable. I just gave you one about the CIA, the Certified Internal Auditor. That's a cert that's valuable. The CPA, or maybe in Canada, the CA, the Chartered Accountant, or the Certified Public Accountant, that's valuable. The CFE, that's a valuable cert. So you have to figure out what is needed for you to move yourself forward. Got it. Okay. So... Your assistant gave me a quick bio of you and you have multiple certifications. You have uh -huh. the uh, certified fraud examinator, mm -hmm. certified information security manager, Six Sigma Greenbelt. So my question to you is in terms of studying for these certifications, is there a foundational component where it's applicable to all certifications regardless of what they are? Yes. That's why I wrote my book. <laughs> so go out there and get the book. But let me just explain. I've trained people who are massage therapists to pass social workers, nurses. I'm not that because what I'm teaching people is how to learn, how to process information. So I've recently wrote a book. It's a graphic textbook. Even after you have one, it's a graphic textbook. It's a comic book, but it's a textbook. So you have to figure out how and what works for that individual. So there is a fundamental piece to it. There are some techniques. Let me re kind of give you like a laundry list. Time management. You have to know your life. I have clients who are single moms and they study in their closet. They're hiding from their toddler because they have to go under study for their cert or they study in their car. You got to figure out where you have your space so you could absorb the information. You can't do it in between answering emails. That's just an example. Then you also need to figure out the game plan. How do you get through and maneuver life, family, work, and studying? Those are all techniques. Okay, yeah, I've been uh, guilty of this. Like, There's a difference between memorizing a textbook and actually learning the concepts. So in my days in university, I was trying to memorize the answer, so to speak, and then right. plug it into multiple choice. But as I got older, when you have to use it in like an application scenario, I end up not doing well in that section because I actually didn't understand the concepts. I was just trying to memorize answers or memorize concepts, but don't understand how it actually applies. So what's the difference between like memorizing content and actually understanding the concepts? Well, if you just memorize this short-term memory and you just can only retain so much, what I do for my clients, this is why I have such a high pass rate. I have an 85% pass rate for the CPA, which is the national number is 48%. Now, the reason why is I teach the concepts. I teach you how to really break down the concept. What's the underlying meaning behind the multiple choice question? So that way, when you are faced with multiple choice questions that you're not familiar with or didn't memorize, then you're able to maneuver and understand and get the right answer. This is what's happening with education, and I don't want to go on a tangent. The educational system right now is basically causing people to lose the ability to process. We're so quick on our phones because that's really surface reading. We don't do in-depth analysis. And so it's hard when we're trying to just get an A 
because I used to be a professor. Everyone wants an A. So then what happens? We try to give everyone an A. I always tell my students there's two things happening in my class, getting an A and learning, two different things, because you can get an A and not necessarily learn. So there are two things that are happening. And to your point, people are just putting things on multiple choice. They don't want to read essays. Essays are too hard. It's just too subjective. So multiple choice questions helps you determine yes or no, did the person know the fact or not, but life is not like that. And that skill set needs to be continuously built up. And some of these certifications are on that level of comprehension analysis and application, while in college, high school, and even graduate school, we're on the memorization recall level of learning. You make a good point about college students just, or even high school students just want to get that A to get to the school, right? And then learning is a different component as well. But I think a lot of people right now, like they're focusing more on the result than the actual process. So they're trying to, again, like I can shorten my time by just trying to memorize the answer, so to speak, and then try to regurgitate it on the test and actually learning it and then having those skills for a lifetime. So in terms of studying for certifications, What's your recommendation in terms of how long it takes to study from beginning to fully understand the concepts? Well, depending on where that person is starting. Because I have people who fail their exam 12 times and they come to me. And some people come to me first jump. They say, you know what, I just want to be one and done. So it really it depends on where this is, again, understanding your learning style and where you are. Now, you're right. Our society right now is so focused on the results and not necessarily the process. This is why we're starting to malfunction because we're so in a rush to get the A, B, and C, whatever it is, that we're not able to face reality. Things happen and not having the ability to pivot is a skill that we have to at least learn how to do. And if we could learn it earlier in our lives, it's better. And what I've also learned through my doing this is that our reaction to things are so critical. Things come and go, but what we can manage is our ability to react to that external factor. So by being very poised and understanding that, then you can take the time and really learn the material and learn from your life. Some people actually use my techniques to actually get promoted in their career. Think about this because I'm teaching you how to learn and process information. And so you could go to a meeting and use these techniques I'm showing you to get promoted. So actually, can you continue with that topic in regards to like, what are some of the skill sets that you've helped professionals develop in terms of studying certification that actually helped them get promoted as well? Oh, sure. So for example, I have a concept where I summarize facts. I teach my clients how to summarize the key concept. I call it the one-liners. So then by doing that, when you go to a meeting, you have people blah, 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 talking, talking, talking. You need to kind of boil it down to what is the core message out of that meeting? What is that core message they're trying to teach you through that multiple choice question? Even when you're reading a textbook, you need to ask yourself, so what? What's the main point? I'm from New York, so we have a little edge to ourselves. So what? You know, what's the point? If you could get the point, even translating the words into your language is so critical. And that's how I get people to understand and pass their exams and also get promoted. You're in a meeting, you need to figure out 
What's the point? What needs to be done? What's the next step? Boiling it down, boiling it down. For someone who attends a lot of meetings and takes meeting minutes, it's same with university and lectures. You try to type every single thing, which is near impossible. So right. how do you know what to write down and what to leave out? So this is a technique that I teach my clients within two sessions of being with me. And even when I do my coaching, I teach you how to process that. In two sessions, you will tell me that you're listening better and able to dissect and identify the key concepts that you need to take away from whatever environment that you're in. Great. And you've touched upon how you were not able to successfully pass your certifications, right? Mm -hmm. One of them, again, is due to fear of losing your job if you don't pass it. So you had a lot of anxiety. Mm -hmm. What are other main reasons why people fail their certification exams from your experience working with your clients? Well, the thing is that confidence, that's a big factor. Not giving yourself grace. If you get something wrong, accept it and try to learn from that. People are so quick to kind of go to the next thing, the next thing, to you what you said earlier, that it's hard for them to take a step back and absorb why they got it wrong and understand what they're trying to teach you through that question. So a lot of times people are failing because one, they don't understand their learning technique. So they're doing things that are just not jiving with how they process information. Two, they don't give themselves enough time. They're cramming and cramming doesn't help, especially with certifications. And then three is giving yourself a little bit more grace and space for you to make mistakes. So you were discussing about how, for example, if a woman, for example, has to juggle kids and a full-time job and have to study for a certification. So moving on to our next part of our conversation in regards to yeah. how to study effectively for a certification exam when you work a full-time job. Because uh, again, a lot of these people feel stuck in their careers and they're trying to get to the next level. But most can't just quit their job and just study for the CERC. They do have to balance right. it out. So what are some of your time management expertise and advice in regards to being able to successfully study for certification and also maintain your performance at work? Being realistic. You cannot function on four hours of sleep. I have some clients who try to cram things, work full time. Just be realistic. If you could only study 20 minutes, make it the best 20 minutes and move on. So I've come up with techniques on how to retain information, which is really based. Say, I recently finished my doctorate on emotional intelligence and leadership. So in studying all of this and going through this five-year journey <laughs> of studying, I really learned from the experts on how to process. How do we perceive ourselves? And how do we interpret information? So those are the things that you need to do. And you cannot compare yourself to someone else. So if you only have 20 minutes, make it the best 20 minutes. And then be mindful and go through the process. It may take you three months. So be it. You want to take that exam one time. As opposed to trying to cram for two weeks, take the exam and waste your money and your time. And then not only that wastes your time and money, but it also affects your ability to jump right back and take the exam again. So one aspect of it is being patient. Like don't jump the gun and say, okay, I don't want to study more. I have to write this exam. The other way is like you study so much, always don't think you're ready. So the perfectionism mindset. So what are some guidelines in regards to when it's time to actually write it instead of continuing to study? Well, you'll know 
that's like the it factor, right? You know when you're ready. You know when you're ready, deep, deep inside. This is why I said that we not only at Tapa Institute help you understand the material, but I'm also a certified hypnotist. And so by understanding and being in the zone so that you can recall the information, because the information is there. It's the recallability is what we're working on. So we're not only working on getting that information in our brain in a way that it's correct, or at least you know the information is there, but the recallability is needed. That's that partnership. So you know when you're ready. And when you're going through the questions and you're poised and you understand what they're trying to ask you, I have this technique called stop thinking process. Where you read the question, you stop and think and process, then think about what can be the answer, then you go look for it. That's another technique that we use. So let's say you are ready, but again, there's a difference between like practicing and then playing the game, right? So some people, no matter how much they practice, they'll always have that anxiety when it comes to test time. What are some like mental exercises that you help your clients implement so they feel more calm and confident when they head into their certification exam? Well, we use hypnosis visualization to help my clients get into that room. So at times during the pandemic, my clients took practice tests in with the mask on or they go to starbucks a noisy place and take a practice exam so that they could be very sharp and be able to block out certain external factors because you could be in a test environment which has happened to my clients and they're doing construction on the top floor so that you're completely distracted and not in your a-game so putting yourself in simulated environment before going in, you know, you have your coffee next to you and your phone and everything super quiet. You may need to have some environmental noise to help you build the mental muscle so that when you're at the exam room, regardless of what's happening, you're going to be laser focused. Also, I help my clients, I teach them self-hypnosis where I help them center themselves in between every testlet so that they're present when they're taking that next section, when they're writing their exam. How from a time management perspective, like how many questions are there usually in a certification exam? I know it varies depending on the yeah. exam. But how many are there? Is it like 50 questions, 100? It's no, all multiple choice? No, it depends choice? on the exam. And okay. some of them are not multiple choice. Some of them are situations. They call them simulations. Sometimes they're memos that you have to write. So it depends on the cert. What we do is that before you leave me, after we go through training and doing, I have boot camps, I have tutoring sessions. After we have, we go through that, I sit down and I talk about strategy. What time you start, when you should move to the next testlet, how many minutes you should take as a break. I mean, we break it down to the point where you're sitting at the exam and you know exactly when to move, what to do, and how to maneuver through the questions. Well, so like you have methodologies of like, if you're stuck on the question, like time to move on. So yep. because it's more important to finish the exam than trying to get a perfect score in a way, right? Right. I have people who didn't finish the exam and still pass for certain exams because every question they went through, they got right. So again, it depends on the exam and some exams you get penalized when you get it wrong. Some exams you get, you get zero points when you get it wrong. So perhaps the strategy for that exam too, which I'm explaining if you're running out of time, just put a letter in. 
because you know yep. you're just trying to get points. But as opposed to another exam, if you get it wrong, it's a demerit. So you have to figure out the exam structure and then come up with the strategy that best works out. You have to evaluate the risk in terms of like whether you should try to guess what the question is in terms of whether it's right or wrong or actually leave it and not get points deducted. Yeah, you have to figure it out. Yeah, it depends on the exam. Great. So how did you start your TAPA Institute? Like, Tell me that story from building a business to help professionals pass their certification exams. I have another business as well. I started first with Charles Financial Strategies. That's really my company. And in Charles Financial Strategies, we do three things. We do one, we evaluate internal audit departments to make them more effective and efficient for Fortune 500 companies. Two, we do IT and information and fraud risk assessments for companies. And three, we do corporate training. TAPA is the training institute within Charles Financial. And so that's why I have all these certifications because I do use them in my workplace in terms of helping my clients, clients, corporate clients become more effective in how they identify gaps in their processes, as well as individuals who want to retool themselves and become more effective and move into the corporate world. So TAPA Institute, like I was saying earlier, that I did not pass a certification. I took another cert, I passed it. And I was like, wait a minute, if I'm going through this, the stress of losing my job caused me to fail, thinking I was going to be homeless. I mean, it was just all these psychological things. And with that, I said, you know, I have to help other people because I may not be the only one going through this. And I started this TAPA Institute arm of my Charles Financial Strategy business about six years ago. And it's been so successful. I'm talking to you. I've written books about it. And now I'm moving into more leadership with my doctorate. I, I'm having a conference in May in Barbados, two days of trying to tap into your it. Really, the leadership in you is going to be the name of the conference. And we're going to really talk about how to react. How are we pulling, stopping ourselves from being successful? What is our authentic self? Are we dreaming big? and how we could connect all of those things together for us to move through our profession. And that can be certifications that can be maneuvering and changing jobs or changing careers or starting a business. Exactly. And in terms of like writing your book, what was the process of writing your first book and how long did it take you? What are some learning lessons you can share in terms of like staying disciplined in terms of like writing these appropriate chapters getting all the content required. Again, it's similar to studying for a certification, right? Where you have to be disciplined in making the reps and like writing it, right? So what are some uh, things you can share with us from your experience writing your book? I am a storyteller. So I use two different approaches. For my first book, it's more of a book book, right? Because the other book I have is a graphic textbook. So there's a lot of pictures. So I had to use different strategies on telling the story in that book. But my first book, and I am a horrible typer. So what I used was a dictator. I had to talk it through. I went through my book and I talked it through. Then I went through it and then I started inserting stories. I inserted some foundational concepts that I was studying through my journey in getting my doctorate. And then I was like, okay, it's ready to go. I gave it to an editor to proof and go through that. That was hoo, 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 fun and not fun. 
<laughs> and then I self-published on Amazon. Now, the graphic textbook, it was a little bit different because I hired an artist. Actually, I hired almost five artists to come up with that graphic textbook. But the storyline was a combination of me creatively coming up with a story to keep people interested, and then the concept, then the graphics. So because you don't always have to put so many words into it, you could speak through pictures. So it was a different process for me to put that book together. It took me almost a year to put the graphic textbook together because, again, I had to hire several artists. We had to kind of go through and make sure it made sense and the editing and grammar and all of that. So that took about a year to put together. Were you getting impatient or you said, no, no, we got to do it the right way and then have it done, which took a year? Yeah, it took a year because I said, okay, I had to restart because again, I had four other artists who joined the team and it just didn't work out until I found the right artist. And now this book is so great. I'm so proud of it. It not only teaches people perseverance, and getting what you want, but also teaches you the concepts at the same time. So it's a dual purpose book. Awesome. So I like to wrap up this conversation by asking my guests this career question. So as you know, my podcast is about helping professionals overcome career challenges. So what has been one big career challenge for you that you had to overcome to get to where you are today? Thinking big. Our limits is really in between our ears. We sometimes put limits in how we perceive our lives. And if we remove those limits, or at least have be limitless, then we could do whatever we can. So a lot of times, oh, I'm too busy, I can't study. That's a limit. That's a limit. You have to prioritize. And if you want it, you will get it. And you have to really believe it. Believe it in your soul, or else it's not going to work out. So believing and working hard, again, will help you move into the career direction you want. If you're like, oh, I'm just doing this job because it just pays the bills right now type of thing. Maybe next year I'll get, no, jump, leap, do it. Because all of those things are limits that we're putting on us. If you just look at people who are very successful, they jumped, they took a leap and that's scary. And so that's the piece that I would tell people is that Sometimes just go for it. Sometimes you just have to go for it. And I took a leap. I said, hey, I'm going to start this business and evaluate internal audit departments and help people learn. Right now, actually, TAPA is seven years. So about 11 to seven years. It took me about 11 years to get where I am right now. So when someone reaches out to you, sometimes they're frustrated or scared. Again, my belief is that you can teach as much strategies and tips as possible, but if they don't have the mindset ready to go, so to speak, the mental mindset is not going to work. So when someone reaches out to you, what is some things that you say to them to assure them that this is the right move? Well, they have to come in with the mindset because if they don't have the right mindset, I could just preach, preach, preach. You know, you could bring a horse to water, but you can't have them drink type of thing. I have said no to some of my clients who come to me for help. I say, you're not ready. I specifically, there's this one woman who came to me. I'm thinking of her now, and she's just recently passed her CPA. And she came to me, she was in college. She was taking six classes. She goes, oh, I want to pass the CPA, blah, blah, blah. And she was talking to me and I told her, I can't take you as a client right now. I said, call me back in three months. She was pissed. 
because she told me afterwards that she was pissed. Then she did come back and now she is a CPA. And she told me, and she actually gave a testimonial on my website about the journey. You know, she was not happy with me. And at times we think we're ready, but sometimes we're not ready. Mentally, we're not ready. On paper, we may think, and that is what I was saying earlier, that we have to be mentally fit. you got to believe and you have to set yourself for success. So when someone's ready and has the mental fortitude to go through your teachings, how can people reach out to you to learn more about what you do and how you can help them? Well, I have two websites. I have Fatapa Institute for the learning arm of Charles Financial Strategies. It's Tapa Institute, T-A-P-A Institute.com. And Charles Financial Strategies. So it's CharlesFS.com. That's for my corporate clients who would like me to come in and do corporate training for their individuals and accountants or auditors or IT folks. Great. And if someone's considering a certification right now, what are some action steps that you want to take? Want them to take away from this conversation so they know that getting that certain certification is right for them? Well, the first thing is that is the cert going to get you to where you want to get to? That's that first research. You got to figure out, would this cert help me if your goal is to make more money? Is this cert going to make me more money? Is the investment worth the return on investment kind of analysis needs to be done first? Then number two, then you have to figure out what study material is best for you. And then number three, give us a call because we can kind of help you with that strategy and then move forward from that point. Sounds great. Again, I really appreciate the time today, Savine, and have a great rest of your year. You too. And hopefully I could come back and talk about other aspects about emotional intelligence or some leadership traits. I mean, again, I love, love helping people tap into their mental so that they could just move forward, not becoming unstuck out of, you know, just getting out of your head is so important for us to be successful. And I thank you. Thank you so much for listening. And if you found this content valuable, here's three ways I can help you achieve your career goals for free. First, subscribe to this podcast as I post two episodes a week. Number two, leave a five-star review as this helps build the credibility of the show so we can gain access to more influential people to interview and bring those lessons to you to help elevate your career. And number three, connect with me on social media. There's a link in the show notes for you to click on that compiles all my active social media accounts, making it easy for you to find me and connect with me. Thank you again for listening. And until next time, Thank you.